Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. Well, I was about to say I'm, I'm all agog, but whenever I say I'm all agog, you say you always say that. But I haven't said it for a while, so here it is again. It's one of my favourites. So here it is. The list of ways of starting gadgets and gizmos. I'm all agog is number two or three, I think. So where do we be in? You finished. I thought I'd let you run your <laughs> yeah, course well, first. I want to get a chance to say something at the beginning before you go oh, into telling me the latest story from Amazon or Apple or anybody like no, that. No, no, no. First of all, it's very good news for Wally Funk. For who? Wally Funk. Oh, okay. Wally Funk was a candidate for the Mercury 13 space program back in the 1960s. Right. Uh, she, for it is a she, mm. was turned down because she was a she. And they didn't take women. Mm. She is now 82. And Jeff Bezos has made her the fourth passenger on his flight up into space on the 20th of July. Oh, along with the mystery person who paid 23 million or whatever it was. 28 million, yes. 28 million. Yes. Still a mystery person. They haven't said who it is yet. You would imagine, especially that Wally Funk's going, they'd want quite a lot of publicity for the flight. But is one person going to be led to the capsule with a, a sort of a bag, bag over, over their head. head. I expect As so, if they yes. were a criminal. <laughs> Strange. It's all going to be very odd. So very it'll strange. be a new edition of Where's Wally? There will indeed, <laughs> yes. Perhaps a little easier to do than some of them. And of course, Elon Musk is going up, sorry, Jeff Bezos is going up um, as well. Uh, mm-hmm. But he'll be beaten into space by Richard Branson, who is 70, and he'll be going up in the Virgin Galactic flight this Saturday. He'll oh. be taking five Or last employees. Saturday, if you're listening on the repeat, or later. Yes. Yes, exactly. He'll be yeah. taking five employees with him, and he's going to sort of check They're the, the ones who won or lost the lottery to decide who goes. Well, good question. <laughs> I mean, the Virgin Galactic doesn't have a particularly good record. But uh, it's going up into space. Oh, oh. well, many, many would say that Richard Branson didn't specialise in good records. Well, oh, Richard Branson, Virgin, was the, the, their first record was on Virgin Labels. Tubular Bells. Yes, I know. It was a snide remark, but Tubular Bells was one. I can even remember being in a particular place in Northumberland, listening to it again and again and again. Do you remember the really curious thing about Tubular Bells? Well, there were quite a lot of curious things. So what is the curious thing? Uh, that it's on, set in alternate bars of 8-8 eight, eight, and 7-8. Really? I did not know Yes, that. yes. Oh, well, next time I see you, you're going to have to take me through that. I mean, that is almost my favourite sort of timing of um, um, a piece of music um, since I discovered that 633 Squadron is in sixes and threes. It's 6-3 Squadron, really, rather than 6-3-3, but... I thought that was very clever as well. Oh, what fun we'll have when we get together, yes, Steve. But Which I'm is, just curious, yes. though. Um, uh, Wally Funk, I mean, he's 82. Yes. Does that make her the oldest person to go into space? Because was it John Glenn? One of the previous astronauts oh. went up at a very mature age, and a lot of people were very worried about the effect of the yes. launch on him. I think it does make her probably the oldest person, yes. Hmm? Hmm. Interesting. Anyway, well, Branson is going up 55 miles, which doesn't quite count as going into space. But frankly... He could have waited and gone that balloon you talked about last week. He could indeed. He likes balloons. He does. Yes. You can combine the two. Anyway, talking of aeronautics, Bristol right. Airport has announced it's going to be carbon neutral by 2030. 
the first airport in the UK to be carbon neutral. And they're going to offset all their running costs. Their carbon neutrality, however, doesn't include the planes. Oh, right. Okay. <laughs> so, well, I'm so, saying, you know, last March, as the pandemic hit, surely most of the airports in this country were carbon neutral. They were indeed. They should certainly make a good <laughs> yes. point about that. No, what it is, is that they uh, they want to uh, have 20% more flights, which would be an extra 23,500 planes a year. Mm. So they're, they're doing this carbon neutral thing to try and impress the local authority. Do you know who owns Bristol Airport? Of course you don't. Uh, no. If I gave you a hundred guesses, you would never guess. If I gave you a thousand guesses, you wouldn't guess. It'll be some financial institution of some sort. It is the Ontario Teachers Pension Plan. I have a sneaky feeling they own quite a lot of other things. I'm sure I've encountered them before in some guise, but I can't think what it is. Mm. Yes. Well, lucky for Ontario teachers, they've you know got yes. suitable, diverse investments. Though I'm not sure Bristol Airport would necessarily be top of my list for things to invest in, but I'm sure they know what they're doing. I I certainly expect they do. Who knows? Anyway, back down to earth. And uh, if you think your computer costs a lot, think of the Cambridge One. The Cambridge One being the new UK supercomputer, which mm-hmm. has been bought by NVIDIA. NVIDIA who make computer, well, graphics yes, cards yes, yes. is what they're best known for, but right. other things too, who have spent $100 million dollars. And um, it's, uh, it's artificial intelligence is its speciality, and it's to solve problems in healthcare. And the reason it's in the UK is because the UK Biobank is an anonymized medical and lifestyle records of half a million middle-aged people, which mm. is a lot of people. Yes. And they reckon they can use that to predict all Somewhere between north and one million, yes. Yes, roughly halfway. I, I did maths A level. Talking, you're <laughs> so useful since. Talking of which, I've uh, just before I came to do this show, I was watching a YouTube video about the Beatles song "Yesterday," and I, everyone sings it "Yesterday," G F F, but in fact, it is F slightly sharp. F F is yesterday. Did you hear a slight difference there? Uh, well, yes, it sounded vaguely wrong, but you do think it was intentionally. I don't know, but it was a very good video, and it, it, it explains it very clearly. And one of the comments under the video is, suddenly it's not half the note it used to be. Oh, very good. Isn't very that good. good? And have you seen the film yesterday? That, I uh, have seen the film yesterday. Yes, which I've quite enjoyed. Oh, uh, no, very enjoyable, yes. 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 And talking of the Beatles. Yes. It's Strawberry Fields time. Or rather, it isn't, because strawberry fields... Well, strawberries are no longer being grown in fields. And oh, I, I think outfit, I can say um, you're, you're wrong about that. I'm fairly sure well, strawberries are still being grown in fields. They are, but there's a group in West Sussex who are using vertical farming. So they're mm. storing field, strawberries like on supermarket shelves, mm. actually. It's all using hydroponics, and uh, which is mean that they're, they're growing in water mm. and not in the earth. But they have a new system which they reckon uses 50% less water and it has a 90% lower carbon footprint. And they reckon they can get... So if Bristol, Airport can, if Bristol Airport can get some planes made of strawberries, they're on to a winner. They absolutely are. Um, I saw a Kickstarter project, which I wasn't going to mention this week, which is a lamp made out of 3D-printed oranges. Wow. They turned orange peel into 3D printing. And the lamp... Oh. 
it's got a sort of orangey texture to it. Yeah, uh, well, I'm intrigued to know what else you've got later on, if that's one of the things you've rejected. But didn't did uh, as you mentioned it, did we not do ages ago something else that was made out of something like orange peel? We did. Yes, 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 yes. There was an an orange um, stall in in Italy, I think it was, uh, that 3D prints the cups in which the orange juice is dispensed out of the orange peel left over from when they press their oranges. Well, clearly, be very careful what you do with your orange peel in future, then. You do. And from oranges to fish. Oh, okay. Everything is linking. <laughs> You've together worked this today. out, haven't you? Yeah, <laughs> I, I haven't actually. It's got a random, random assortment of uh, of order. So there's a fishmonger in London who was recently came under a legal threat from Amazon because he used the the phrase Prime Day to advertise yes. his fish, mm-hmm. and um, and it turns out that the the phrase Prime Day has been used for centuries to describe. High quality fish, which is fish including things like turbot and mm. brill and Dover sole, from trawlers who fish for no more than one day at a time. And okay. uh, that's what Prime Day fish is. So they've got a very shamefaced apology from Amazon's lawyers. It's odd because, I mean, over the years, there are all manner of you know, lawsuits against poor people called Harrod who have stores. Yeah. We've got to other count. I mean, no doubt very soon Amazon's lawyers will. will Ask the forest in South America to stop calling itself the Amazon. I'm sure they pa- will. <laughs> passing off. Indeed. Well, uh, the, let's the, have um, a Go on. Uh, the Harrod uh, one was mm. a in Australia. It was a local business called Harrod. Oh, and Harrod tried to sue him. Yes. And uh, every business in the town changed its name to Harrod's. And they changed oh, the name of the town to Harrod's. I didn't know that. Oh, how glorious. I'd, when we're allowed to go to Australia, um, we must go there. Uh, let's yes. have one of these. So what's your next segue? The next segue is if you don't like the smell of fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. How about the air ring face mask? Which is a face mask. It won't actually protect you against COVID, but it's a sheet of plastic, acrylic. Mm. that either goes just in front of your mouth or, in fact, a full face shield. And it hangs in front of your mouth, suspended by two tubes that loop around your neck. Mm. And the tubes have further tubes that drape down your chest, which contain the batteries, because it blows filtered air into your mouth. And it also has LEDs that illuminate your face. (laughs) Which is why you're really interested, yes. It's Um, bizarre. So what not only does it give you a feeling, but, but, and you probably look like a bit of a Wally, but the lights will make sure that everybody can see that you look a bit of a Wally. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Well, I suppose that makes What's the point sense. of looking like a bit of a Wally if no one can see it? And uh, indeed, well, where's and by Wally? Wally, of course, we do not mean Wally Funk. We do. It takes us back to the top. Just, we could yes. start the show again. It'll just stop an endless loop. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I'm not sure that I necessarily would like an airing. But no, who knows? Well, they, um, what I might like, though, is a little bit of a, a pause for breath. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. Well, I'm all refreshed from that. This is Simon Rose. You're listening to Share Radio and Gadgets and Gizmos, in which I am in conversation with Steve Kaplan. So where now? Uh, well, if you didn't fancy the fish we talked about earlier, <laughs> how about a nice chaff burger? What is a chaff burger? I thought well, chaff was the stuff that planes threw out the back to confuse radar. 
no, chaff is what's left over after you refine your wheat, as oh. in oh, we, oh, well, the, the wheat from the chaff. Okay, oh, well, it is also the stuff that planes is uh, it? throw out, yeah, to try and um, persuade missiles to shoot the chaff instead of the actual plane. Yeah. Do you think they're using wheat stalks that they're firing out? I don't know, but it would they be... They may well be. Oh, yeah. Possibly possibly to be more carbon neutral. They are, yes, I don't yes. know. So what is what is this chaff, though? You're actually well, talking about the crop, then, presumably. I am talking yeah, about yeah. the crop. And okay. the, the, the man who's behind corn. Remember corn? corn well, remember, the, uh, oh, yeah, corn in my household regularly. Yeah. My son which is... they used to advertise, I don't know if they still do, as a tiny relative of the mushroom, which sounds so much better than fungus, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> a corn is fungus. Uh, yes. And he's now turning his attention to, to chaff. Um Eight billion tonnes of chaff a year is thrown away or mm. sometimes fed to pigs. Mm. And it, they found a way of fermenting it and turning it into protein, or rather they haven't. It's still very much in the theoretical stage. Oh, but he reckons he'll be able to make burgers out of it. Okay. I mean, corn is it's, it's okay. I mean, on its own, it is pretty tasteless. Yes. Some texture. Yes. But yes, we use it a great deal. But I do remember actually... Um, serving a corn curry to an American friend of mine who never let me forget it. He didn't oh. think this was a proper use. I think the uh, word curry with anything that wasn't actually meat, I think he wasn't. Oh, well, chaff burgers is burgers. That's <laughs> one of those words which has been truncated, hasn't it? Because it was a hamburger originally. That's true. Many, but many words have been trunc truncated. Taxi is truncated. Uh, spats, yes. spats are truncated. They used to be oh, spatterdashers. Oh, you're joking. Spatterdashers. No, I didn't know that. And indeed, as you pointed out only last week, phone is truncated. Phone, yes, and uh, iPods, which then became podcasts. Yes, I suppose. Yes, so many yes. words are truncated. But then, as my children always tell me when I try and, try and correct their English, it is a living language, and if people are using it one way, it's perfectly correct. Yes, not, of <laughs> course, no, true. No, neither of us agree with that, I know. <laughs> I know. Anyway, chaff burgers, I shall look forward to yeah, a tasteless that. burger made from chaff in five Indeed. years' time. Anyway, it is on to our crowdfunding Well, thank you for going slowly so I can find week. the button. Yes. <laughs> Here we go. Time to remind you that you were going to update that at some stage because it's so it, medieval. It really is. Um, and this is a, a curious one, which I probably won't be buying. It is the Nobleman K2 colour-changing bike helmet. Right. Why it's, do you want a bike it's helmet? It's white at night, and when the sun shines on it, it turns blue, pink, grey or purple, depending on your choice. How about well, that? Well, OK, several questions. The first is why, and presumably the one person that actually wants the helmet is the one person that can't see it change in colour. Those are very good points, and obviously points that have not occurred to the inventor of the Nobleman K2 colour-changing bike helmet. He's uh, sending it for 458 Hong Kong dollars, which is about £43. And so okay. far, four people have said they want one. He's 7% of his way to his goal. I don't think he's going to get there. But just think, you know, if you were going to a, a meeting of lots of people riding bikes, you couldn't sort of say, oh, I'm the one in the white helmet. So no. a white helmet that might also be blue, pink, or grey, or even possibly purple. I suppose it's in case you're involved in an accident, and you, you accidentally run over a pedestrian, and the police come along and they say, is that man there wearing the blue helmet? All you have to do is just duck, duck into the shade, yes. blue helmet gone. Yes. Well, I mean, and what technology changes the colour? 
Is it or not a mass of LEDs inside it? No, it's not. It's a special paint, okay. effectively. But as you say, who needs one? No, I don't know. But on the other hand, I'm quite intrigued by the idea of special paint that changes colour. That's quite nice, isn't it? Yes. But why put it on a bike helmet? I don't know. It'd be exactly. nice to put it on a wall. Oh, yes. Just have a wall change colour yes. from time to time. You could have... You could have a room that is a, a sort of a nice sunny colour during the day that then turns into a sort of soft evening colour at night. That would be yes. good. Just very occasionally, about once every year, I think possibly we stumbled across something that could we be brilliant. bothered. We should because put that on Kickstarter now and enough people buy it, then we can go and try and invent it. That's true. All the work, though, of being an entrepreneur. Yes. I mean, yes, it's a hassle, isn't it? That's why the French don't have a word for it. <laughs> it was Margaret Thatcher, I think, said that, didn't she? I thought it was George Bush. Oh, it could have been George Bush. Oh, it was Margaret Thatcher who, who said it was very interesting. The Russians had no word for détente. Okay. Is that but a neither, Russian no, word? Or it was a French word. It's a French word, but neither do we. That's why we bought the French one. Oh, I see. Oh, yes. I suppose that makes sense. Yes. Yes. Okay. On, uh, uh, on we, onward we go. Onward we go. On to a rather disturbing one from the MOD who are developing smart missiles. So it is now 50-odd years since the first fly-by-wire missiles that mm. could be sort of remotely controlled. Yes, which used to confuse me at the beginning, because I thought they did actually have wires, which made them even worse than remote-controlled boats and things. But yeah, How could a... Oh, I see, they don't... Yeah, no, they're yes. very, no, very, no. very long wires. Yeah, yeah, yes, that's what no, I used to think. They don't, yeah. But I was little 50 years ago. We were all little 50 years ago. Apart from Wally Funk, of course, who was yes. in the prime of her life. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Being denied a chance to go into space. Exactly. Yes. So let's go back. I'm sorry, I have slightly gone off topic. Let's go back to these um, missiles then. Uh, yes, so they um, they've been smart missiles for a long time that are able to sort of calibrate themselves. Mm. And the MOD is investing vast amounts of money in their cooperative strike weapons technology demonstrator, mm. which is a group of smart missiles that can talk to each other. And what they can do is they can look at what's going on, they can assess the situation, and they can alter their course accordingly. Which, yeah. frankly, they're, sounds they're so like... They're so clever, they can tell the difference between chaff that comes from uh, crops and chaff well, that comes from a plane's rear the end. The idea of a bunch of missiles zooming through the air and suddenly picking it upon themselves to go Have somewhere else instead. Yes, stop for a coffee break. Yes. I know. It is Terrifying. slightly disconcerting. Yes, yes, I agree. Not 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 every bit of technology is necessarily reassuring these days, I find. Indeed. Indeed. But what? Oh, well, no, we haven't had one of these. It sounds alarmingly like a missile that suddenly decided to change course, but... Uh, we... Uh... <laughs> Well, we have a few little uh, medical stories um, now, which okay. is uh, always nice to round off the, the show with. Well, as long as they're not um, too queeze-inducing. Yes. Not at all. The first is a, a hearing aid, um, a hearing contact lens, they're calling it, which consists of a battery that goes behind your ear, mm -hmm. which has a wire going to a signal processor, which is uh, located in your ear canal, mm -hmm. which is where normal... Um, hearing aids go, which itself is then wired to a piezoelectric speaker, which is fixed to your eardrum. When you say fixed? Fixed? Attached. Wow. Yes. Okay. I don't know how they get it in there, or how no, they fix I thought, it. I thought the eardrum glue. was quite delicate as well. Yes. 
Yes. Okay. Hmm. Um, anyway, apparently less distortion and um, less wind noise and a wider frequency. Uh, no uh, price yet. They say it's going to cost the same as regular expensive <laughs> hearing aids. Uh, Vibrosonic.de. If you uh, if you want to know more about it, it's a German product or vibrosonic.de slash en if you want to actually understand what you're reading. Oh, okay. speak German, of course, which maybe you yes. do. Uh, no, it's my worst subject to school, and I don't think it's got any better since then. Some years ago, I had um, uh, a fax from a German advertising agency hmm. who wanted me to do some illustration work for them. And I did German O-level, so I practiced a bit, and then I, I, I phoned up. And I, knew, I knew the person who'd faxed me could speak mm. English, but I had to get past the receptionist. So mm. I, I phoned up and I said, Guten Morgen, ich möchte mit Beate Springer sprechen, bitte. And she said, just one moment, I'll connect you. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, what did I do? I tried so hard. Yeah. Dispiriting. Yeah, and it's, dispiriting. it's odd because, you know, it sounds reasonably good, certainly better than my O-level German. But yes, it sort of rather puts you off trying again as well, which is strange. Yes, it does. You'd think people would want to encourage others to speak their language. But anyway, just, on now yeah. to our second medical story, temporary pacemakers. Uh, they're kind of <laughs> right. around at the moment. Well, they're What's this if you don't keep up the payments? <laughs> these, are, uh, these are for people who have a heart condition that isn't permanent okay hmm. and they are stitched into the heart so they're actually sewn onto the heart uh, with wires that go to an external battery pack uh, and then once you don't need it anymore they have to slice you open to take it out and carefully oh, well, I you're going to me it just dissolved after a while well that's the whole point this is the new one northwestern university in the united states have made a unit that latches onto the heart without being uh, sewn onto it. It has no wires, and it does indeed dissolve. Oh, okay. Well, that sounds very clever. They reckon it'll cost about £70, which I imagine they're actually saying is about $100. And yes, though, it's not. Presumably it doesn't come with instructions that you can do yourself. I imagine the operation is rather more expensive. <laughs> well, they're done yes. privately or on the NHS. It's clearly you've got to have a bit of knowledge about which bit goes where. That probably is the case. Because if it came with those instructions that most of them do, where they don't even bother with language anymore, and you can't understand what the illustration is referring to, it'd be a bit, <laughs> a bit risky. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure this one. There's a DIY project, to be honest. <laughs> okay, all right. But it still sound an extremely good idea. I hadn't realised temporary hmm. pacemakers existed, frankly. No, no, well, it seems they do. Okay. And finally, on to micro-needle patches. Now, micro-needle patches have become very popular. So rather mm. than having a big needle that's very intrusive and sticks into you, mm. you have thousands of tiny needles that just stick onto your skin. Oh, I didn't so know they, that. Okay. Well, they only need to penetrate one millimeter into the skin, which is too short to reach the nerve endings. Mm. So they're saying that it's, uh, it's actually painless. Okay. which may or may not be the case. You have to ask a patient rather than the doctors, I think. Yes. Unless they practice on themselves, maybe they do. So how, um, how many needles are there in these? Thousands of them. So just thousands of little pricks, the nurse says as she applies in it. Exactly, yes. exactly. Um, you're not going to feel a thousand little pricks because you don't feel it. Well, that's the idea. Oh, yeah, you're true. not supposed to feel it. Okay. Anyway, these things are usually made out of biodegradable polymers. Um, and as they dissolve they release the, uh, the the drugs or vaccines mm. or whatever, but they can dissolve at different rates. So it's kind of slow release thing. Mm. Um, and 
the uh, City University have come up with a new version of this, not made of biodegradable polymers, but made of ice. Okay. They put it onto your skin, it dissolves, it releases whatever it has to release, and then it just melts away. Isn't that clever? It is quite clever. You know, in the Second World War, there were plans to make a battleship of ice. No. Never actually worked in the end. It was, yes, it was, a, it was, quite, it was a Radio 4 programme about it not long ago. I will send you a link about it. Utterly bonkers. And yet, and, you know, I, along with many things, it was something the church was very keen on. He liked these right. weird what, what, what was the point of making one advice? Uh, I can't remember now. Oh, you listened to the programme? Come on. Well, it was a long time ago. Oh. A long time ago. Now, come up next week with some device for improving my memory. I'll be very, very grateful. Well, I gave I'll you one you. of those last week. Did you? No, oh, no. Steve, thank you very much indeed. We have been talking gadgets and gizmos, and there will be more from the same place, the same time, next week. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose.